Welcome to Music History Monday for March 1st, 2021. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Oren Keep News, with great respect and appreciation. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the death on March 1st, 2015, six years ago today, of the American jazz producer and founder of Riverside Records and Milestone Records, Oren Keepnews, in El Cerrito, California, but a couple of stone's throws from where I'm writing and recording this podcast. Born in the Bronx on March 2nd, 1923, Keepnews died one day before what would have been his 92nd birthday. Oren Keepnews remains one of those indispensable people who made entire careers possible, who protected and respected musicians in an often vicious artistic environment, who labored in the Welcome to Music History Monday for March 1st, 2021. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Oren Keepnews, with great respect and appreciation we mark the death on March 1st, 2015, six years ago today, of the American jazz producer and founder of Riverside Records and Milestone Records, Oren Keepnews, in El Cerrito, California, but a stone's throw from where I am recording this podcast. Born in the Bronx on March 2nd, 1923, Keepnews died one day before what would have been his 92nd birthday. Oren Keepnews remains one of those indispensable people who made entire careers possible, who protected and respected musicians in an often vicious artistic environment, who labored in the background, and was thus someone whose contributions are often overlooked. Well, not here, not today. We will get to know Mr. Keepnews in just a moment, but first, March 1st, is one of those feast days during which so much stuff happened in music history that any number of anniversaries or events could have occupied the bulk of today's post. As I would never forgive myself for not mentioning at least some of them, here we go. We mark the birth on March 1st, 1810, 221 years ago today, of the miraculous Frederick Francois Chopin in Jelazowa, Wola, Poland not far from Warsaw. He died all too young 39 years later in Paris on October 17, 1849. On this day in 1919, the Vienna State Opera went on strike in protest of the hiring of Richard Strauss, 1864 to 1949, as music director, claiming that Strauss was being paid too much and that he would only produce his own operas. Here's a few items that must go under the heading of just plain stupid. On March 1st, 1969, 52 years ago today, Jim Morrison of The Doors behaved poorly on stage during a show at the Dinner Key Auditorium in Miami when he whipped out his penis, 
began masturbating, and simulated oral sex, all the while shouting obscenities at the audience. It turned out to be a big thing, if you'll excuse me. Morrison was charged with lewd and lascivious behavior and was eventually found guilty and sentenced to eight months of hard labor. He died in Paris two years later while the sentence was still under appeal. We remain in Miami for stupid item number two. On this date in 1990, Janet Jackson played the first concert on her 120 concert Rhythm Nation World Tour at the Miami Arena. The show featured a live panther on stage. It didn't go well. Safety precautions to protect the audience from the cat, or perhaps to protect the cat from the audience, were deemed inadequate, and the panther, freaked out by everything going on around it, kept urinating on the stage. The cat was axed from the show, we trust its agent negotiated sufficient recompense. On March 1st, 1997, 24 years ago today, a gent named Clifford Goldberg, who had sued the band Motley Crue for irreparably damaging his hearing during a show in New Jersey, had his suit thrown out of court. The judge told Goldberg, who sat right in front of the stage, that he should damn well have known the risk he was taking. Finally, we wish happy March 1st birthdays to the conductor and composer Dimitri Mitropoulos, who was born on this date in 1896 in Athens, Greece. He died in 1960. The American trombonist, composer, arranger, and band leader Glenn Miller, born on March 1st, 1904 in Clorinda, Iowa. He died in 1944. A most happy birthday to the singer, songwriter, actor, and activist Harry Belafonte, who was born 94 years ago today in Harlem, New York City, and is still going strong. Likewise, a happy birthday to the English singer, songwriter, and actor Roger Daltrey, who was born on March 1st, 1944 in East Acton in West London. Lastly, we would be remiss if we did not at least acknowledge the birth on March 1st, 1994, 27 years ago today, of the singer and songwriter Justin Bieber in London, Ontario, Canada. I, for one, take some small solace in the fact that for a change, this paragon of pop egoism and bad taste was not born in the United States. To paraphrase the Foster's beer ad, Foster's, Australian for beer, we would declare Justin Bieber, Canadian for boar. Oren Keep News was born into a Jewish family in the Bronx on March 2nd, 1923, and grew up in Upper Manhattan in a neighborhood known as Inwood. He was the only child of Louis Keepnews, who was a social worker, and Naomi Keepnews, born Perlman, who was a school teacher. He fell in love with jazz when he was a teenager and became a regular habitué of the many famed jazz clubs that dotted Manhattan's 52nd Street between 5th Avenue and 7th Avenue. In theory, 
Keepnews, who was underage when he first began attending these clubs, shouldn't have been able to get in, as the legal drinking age in New York was, at the time, 18. But the concept of carding didn't exist, and as Keepnews himself points out, quote, if you were big enough to walk into a bar and put down the 75 cents or dollar for a drink, nobody asked you if you were old enough, unquote. Oh my goodness, 52nd Street deserves a post all its own. Between 1933, when Prohibition ended, and the mid-1950s, it was the jazz capital of the world, and virtually every top player and singer performed there. Known as Swing Street, only one of the many legendary clubs survived into recent times in its original location. That would be the 21 Club at 21 West 52nd Street, which began its life as a Prohibition-era speakeasy. Sadly, the club closed its doors for good on December 11, 2020, a victim of the COVID pandemic. The clubs Keep News had at his disposal included Kelly's Stable and the Hickory House between 6th and 7th Avenues, and the aforementioned 21 Club, Leon and Eddie's, The Famous Door, Jimmy Ryan's, The Spotlight Club, Club Samoa, The Onyx, The Yacht Club, Club Downbeat, Club Carousel, and The Three Deuces, all between 5th and 6th Avenues. The original Birdland was around the corner at 1674 Broadway between 52nd and 53rd Streets. For a passionate jazz lover like Keep News, the 52nd Street of his time was what Mecca is for a Muslim, Rome for a Catholic, Jerusalem for a Jew, what Mrs. Stalls on Brighton Beach Avenue is for a Knish lover, K-N-I-S-H. That's pronounced Knish, not Nish as my dear departed Goyesha wife Diane once did in a deli on 47th Street, to my eternal embarrassment. Anyway, for Keep News, the 52nd Street of his time was the beating heart of the jazz world. He attended Columbia University, graduating in 1943 with a degree in English. It was then off to the war. He served in the Army Air Force, the predecessor of the United States Air Force, and flew in B-29 bombing raids as a radar operator over Japan during the final months of World War II. Home from the war, Keep News returned to Columbia for graduate study in 1946. Having completed his education, Keep News was hired as a junior editor at the publishing firm of Simon & Schuster there in New York City. On the side, in 1948, Keep News took over as copy editor of a small but well-regarded jazz magazine called The Record Changer, which was owned by a fellow Columbia graduate and jazz record collector named Bill Grower, 1922 to 1963. It was in his capacity as editor at Record Changer magazine that in 1948 Keep News wrote a groundbreaking profile of the then relatively unknown jazz pianist and composer Thelonious Monk, 1917-1982. Further such profiles, reviews, and essays followed, making Keep News an increasingly important journalist on the New York jazz scene. Yeah, for our information, two of Keep News' 
four Grammy Awards were for his writing. In 1953, Keep News and his friend, Bill Grower, took the plunge and founded Riverside Records, what the New York Times jazz writer Nate Chinon called, quote, a shoestring operation, driven more by ambition and enthusiasm than by any proper business savvy, unquote. Chinon was not being unkind. In an interview conducted in 2004, Keep News himself admitted that in founding Riverside Records, quote, our goal wasn't to sell a lot of records and get rich. Our goal was to sell enough records to make the next one. We built something out of wanting to build, out of being in love with the music. I don't know if we were particularly naive or particularly dedicated. Either we were very bright or very stupid, but we weren't mediocre." Unquote. Yeah, Riverside Records was certainly not mediocre. The company's office was located just a block away from 52nd Street at 553 West 51st Street. The name of the company was derived from the office's telephone exchange, Riverside. Yeah, for you youngsters out there, in pre-digital days, a telephone exchange was that relatively small region of local phone numbers that didn't require an operator to manually plug in a call via a switchboard into a wider region. The first three digits of a seven-digit phone number, the prefix, indicated the given name of the exchange. Growing up where I did in South Jersey, our telephone number was Triangle 74779, or TR, the first two letters of triangle, TR74779, or digitally 877 the exchange names were abandoned in the 1960s and replaced entirely by numbers, by digits. Keep News was the front man at Riverside Records, the producer, the man who sought out talent and organized and oversaw the recording process. His partner, Bill Grower, kept the books. Keep News' knowledge of jazz, his fairness, in business dealings and simpatico with the musicians allowed him to sign and record a remarkable number of outstanding musicians over the course of his career as a producer. Riverside Records began its life by acquiring the rights to reissue recordings by such high-end artists as Jelly Roll Morton, King Oliver, Ma Rainey, and James P. Johnson. In 1954, Riverside acquired the pianist Randy Weston, 1926 to 2018. In 1955, Thelonious Monk signed up. Oh, Monk was a particular challenge to work with. Keep News remembered, quote, he was as demanding of other people as he was of himself, but he was self-contained and also impatient. He knew what he wanted, but I didn't. So I had to catch on to this express train as it went roaring by. Unquote. Over the next few years, Riverside signed, among others, the guitarist Wes Montgomery, the brothers Nat and Cannonball Adderley, trumpet and saxophone, respectively, the saxophonists Sonny Rollins, Jimmy Heath, and Johnny Griffin, the singer Abby Lincoln, the drummer Max Roach, and the pianist Bill Evans, 
1929 to 1980, whose Village Vanguard Sessions of 1961, produced by Oren Keep News, will occupy tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post. By 1961, Riverside Records had come to rival the big boys, Prestige, and Blue Note Records as the leading New York City-based independent jazz label. We would observe that by 1961, Norman Granz's New York-based jazz label, Verve, had been acquired by MGM and was thus no longer independent. Now, there's something to be said for independence and something to be said for corporate oversight. Riverside could have used a bit of the latter. On December 15, 1963, Bill Grower died suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 41. Sadly, tragically, it was discovered after his death that Grower had been indulging in what was euphemistically called creative accounting in order to keep the company afloat. Try though he did, Keep News could not keep Riverside Records solvent, and the company declared bankruptcy and closed down operations permanently in July of 1964. But oh my, what recordings Riverside Records had made. And Oren Keepnews, who was still a young man of 41 in 1964, was by no means finished. In 1966, he founded Milestone Records, which signed contracts with a number of former Riverside artists, as well as with the saxophonist Joe Henderson and the pianist McCoy Tyner. In 1972, Milestone, as well as the Riverside catalog, was sold to Fantasy Records, which was located at 2600 10th Street in Berkeley, California, just a single stone's throw north of where I'm standing. Keep News moved to the Bay Area to run Fantasy's reissue department, which included many of his own productions. He subsequently founded yet another record label, this one called Landmark Records, which was responsible for two early albums made by the Kronos Quartet, Monk Suite, Kronos Plays the Music of Thelonious Monk, and Music of Bill Evans. Over the decades, Keep News' stewardship of his productions was almost as important as having made the original recordings themselves. He oversaw their digitization and constant sonic upgrades. While the Bill Evans I will prescribe tomorrow was recorded live by Keep News 60 years ago. The recordings sound as fresh and as vivid as if they'd been recorded yesterday. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Oren Keep News, for the extraordinary legacy you have left us. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.